love a bitch who kinda crazy Fuck me like she love me But she fight me like she hate me In the end that shit don't faze me I fuck her like I hate her But she know that she my baby Let's talk about high school Alright. What was that like for you? Did you finish high school? Were you one of those I kids? did. I okay. It's actually an interesting story. Um, but high school is lit for me. Like I said, I grew up in Norfolk and that shit was just fire, man. It was fun. And uh, Were you an athlete? Uh, no, not go. I, I always liked sports when I was younger, but getting into high school is when I started getting into trouble and shit like that. So I just, uh, I think I played like my freshman year, I played basketball, but that was, like, the last sport that I played, I think. But before that, I played, like, everything. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, I went, to, I went to, like, regular high school, and I was getting locked up and shit like that, and I fell behind, and in Norfolk, there's an alternative school, and, uh, everybody knows that that's, like, the dopest place. Like, it's, it's where, I don't know, it's just, like, it's super laid back, it's super cool. You only have to go for half days. You can either go from, like, 8 a.m. to noon or from noon to 3 or 4 p.m., something like that. And, uh, and I love that shit because, uh, there was a teacher there named Wolfie, and she's, like, she's one of the best people, just most genuine, real people I ever met in my life, man. And she, like, she actually cared about her students and shit like that, so, like, I was on probation and I would sleep in. I, I didn't have to go to the school till noon, but I'd be out partying until six or seven. So then I'd oversleep. She'd show up at my house, be knocking on my door and shit, pick me up, take me to school. Cause she knows, she knows like if I'm in school, my PO is going to fucking send me back to wherever. You know what I mean? Right. So she was a really good person. She got me through high school. And then um, I ended up, it was my senior year and I had just turned 18 and uh, I had like x amount of credits left and she took me to the high school because she knew i wanted to come to texas and she supported my music like a lot she like she argued to my probation officer before to let me do shows and like all types of cool shit and uh she took me into the principal at the high school and she talked him into letting me finish all of my school credits online down here in texas so yeah so i came he said that the only one that i had to do uh, in school was a speech credit and so my last day of school up there I went into school I did I gave like a speech on some shit and I got my speech credits and then I came down here and finished it all online yeah. I actually graduated early because er and everybody from my hometown be like oh gringo he's a fuck up he kept getting locked up but no I graduated early wow yeah well congrats on <laughs> that <laughs> thank you thank you that's an accomplishment that's the end of my formal education though so <laughs> you know what <laughs> your trouble I guess, like, I guess the troubles you had in school. Yeah. Did that come from home? Was the influence Yeah. Home? Yeah, because, like, when I was in, like, seventh grade, <laughs> uh, we had this little tiny house, my mom and my sister and I, and then my mom would always, I, I can't remember if she was working at the bar or just going there a lot, but either way, she would always bring the after party back to the house. It'd be, like, a Tuesday night, and there'd be, like, 40 people in there, you know what I, maybe not 40, but you know what I'm saying, like a bunch of adults drinking, and then like, I'm like 13, I don't want to miss out on this shit, so I'm just up chilling, and just shit like that, and I think that when I saw that, then I was just kind of like, okay, like, this lifestyle is lit, because when you're 13, that is lit, you know right. what I'm saying, and so I just kind of got into that mindset, and that's what I wanted to do, and uh, I started just drinking and smoking and shit like that, but like, at the end of the day, I mean, I always went to school, but I was just like, 
I was never there. I'd go to school and then I couldn't wait to be out. I wouldn't do shit while I was in school ex unless it was like history. I like history a lot, but like other than that, like I just didn't do my shit. You know what I mean? Right. What brought you to Texas? What? Man, Chris Howard. Shout out Chris Howard. He actually owns this place, uh, Wave House Studios that we're in. I work here every day and manage the day-to-day -day operations here. But uh, he... Uh, he he went to school up in Lincoln, Nebraska. He's from Conroe, Texas, originally from this neighborhood that we're in, actually. Wow. And uh, he uh, he went up to Lincoln, Nebraska, to go to college. He went to college for one semester there. And while he was there, he met a girl. I think her name was Kristen Winters, and uh, her brother was on my basketball team. And uh, so he told me about Chris's music. I hit him up. I'm like, bro, your music sounds good. He's like, I'll mix and master it for you. So I start sending him music. He starts mixing and mastering it. And then he moves back to Texas. I never even actually met him in person at this point. He was just mixing and mastering all my shit. Right. And uh, he came back down to Texas and we just kept in touch. And then when I turned 18, he flew me down here and I lived with him for a little while. And then moved out and just kind of been living my own life down here ever since, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So, Chris. Who Christopher is Chris? Howard. Chris, who is Christopher to you? Uh, shit. Your friend, business partner? He's like my brother, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've known him for, like, he like my big brother, basically. Like, he's, he's, uh, cause when I came down here, he's the one that brought me down here. So it's like, he's the only person in this whole state that I knew, you know what I mean? And I'm you know, 1,200 miles from home or whatever, and, uh, and yeah, so, like, anything that I ever needed, he was just always there for it, you know, like, like, just little shit that you need when you're 18, and you know what I mean, like, right. he's bonded me out of jail before, he's just, like, shit like that, when, whenever you need somebody to be there for you, like, he's that guy, you know what I mean, yeah. so, and he's that guy for a lot of people, not just me, but he's just, uh, he's a good dude. That's inspiring right there. Yeah, facts, <laughs> facts. Um, okay, so let's talk about your music. Um, so you're an engineer, yeah. sound engineer, yeah, rapper, yeah, engineer, and producer. producer, rapper, yeah. So what are you first? You're a rapper first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say, and that's, that, I mean, I, that's at least definitely what most people. When you, when you say gringo, they're like, oh, he's a rapper, you know what I mean? But lately, a lot more people would say engineer and producer just because uh, I've been running the studio. People have been in here every day. But uh, but for the most part, most people know me as a rapper, yeah. Do you like being a creator in front of the mic or? Uh, Well, like what we were talking about with writer's block earlier, it, 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 that's what's kind of dope about it is like, to me, I don't really get writer's block with beats. Like, right. because you just throw sounds down and then just manipulate them until they sound dope you know what I mean but like with words I get writer's block so uh, it just depends on the day I think that to me writing and rapping is more satisfying like if I make a if I write a dope ass song and record it that's more satisfying to me than if I make a dope ass beat and sell it you know what right. I mean so it just it depends when did you start doing that when did you start producing uh well like I said I kind of Technically, I got technically I was producing first because, like I said, I uh I had that Fruity Loops program. I made that beat, that R&B beat, and then made that song about that girl that pissed me off. And uh, so technically, I was on Fruity Loops first, but then I got heavy into rap, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Like my beats weren't good enough to do anything with, you know. And then uh, probably about 
I've always just kind of like messed with it, but I didn't really get serious about it until like a year or two ago. And then I started just like making beats every day and looking up how to do this and how to do that and just studying. So I was just, I'd say like a couple years now, for real, for real. Songwriting, where do you go? Do you go to a deep place when you're writing music or is it just like what's happening in the atmosphere? Nah, to me it's just like, I, when I write, I try to make it from... Like, I don't know, it's gonna sound wrong, but I try to make it from the most shallow place I possibly can. Like, I don't want to get too, I don't want to think about it at all, you know what I mean? And then, to me, that's just when the best shit comes out, is just like, I just like to smoke, and then, I don't know, just chill, and just write whatever flows out of my head, and then, I'll write it, and think like, okay, that sounds, it sounds decent or whatever, and then I'll go back and read it, and like, that's what I was saying about like, art is like a picture into somebody's mind, because I, then I'll go back, and listen to the song I made two weeks later, and you can see exactly where my head was at when I wrote it, like, if, whether I was, you know what I mean, happy, sad, angry, whatever, like, you can tell by my choice of words, and the way, it, like, the song could be about butterflies and rainbows, but if I was pissed off, I can tell by my choice of words, like, how I, how I worded shit that I was pissed off that day, you you know what I mean? Right. It's weird, but yeah, I try to, I just try to not overthink it. Let's talk about the success you've had so far. It's all relative, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's people who would look at it as unsuccessful, and then there's people that look at it and they're like, I want to be him, you know what right. I mean? Like, right. and then it blows my mind, like, how many people come to me, like, on some, like, can I get some advice or like, you know, I want to be like you. How do I get there type shit? Because I'm like, bro, if you're shooting for where I'm at, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm, I feel like I'm just getting started with it. So, um, but I am grateful for everything that, that has happened. But I just feel like it's mostly, um, I just wake up every day and make music. And then uh, the fans kind of do the rest of it the word of mouth and stuff like that that really helps so mm -hmm. i just i just like the fan i don't have a huge fan base but the fan base that i do have is loyal as fuck like they're perfect you know right um so youtube because that's where you know your music platform obviously goes as far as music videos right is that where you have the most streams is on youtube um or where would you say what it, platform. it really just depends like week by week i probably get the most on like soundcloud no I, they're all pretty even i guess it's like every week it's like a couple thousand on soundcloud a couple thousand on uh spotify a couple thousand on apple music you know what i mean and uh but youtube is a crazy one because like i came up as a kid doing this shit so i was learning everything as i go so like I would do dumbass shit, like forget my password, make a new YouTube, do this, do that. So like I got videos and shit spread out across like 15 different YouTube <laughs> accounts. For a long time I had some other kid run my YouTube account and he ran it like religiously for like years, put up videos to every song I made and then just one day he just like fell off the face of the earth and I don't, I didn't have the password to that shit and so like I, I made a lot of irresponsible decisions young that probably screwed me over with YouTube but like at the end of the day everybody's on YouTube and it's the best place that I know of to post a video right now so you know what I mean it's, it, but it's hard to keep track of for sure right how long did it take for your most viewed video to get to that point uh what's happening I think right now is my only video over a hundred thousand views and it's uh it's taking like few years I think it was I don't know it's probably it's probably taken like four years now I'd have to look at what data was uploaded but around four years and uh but uh 
that like I don't know like that came out along with like a series of videos and that's what uh, like a whole bunch of shit went down basically like we were making all these videos they were doing really well what's happening because they were doing really well on Facebook because what's happening hit like 90k views on Facebook because we have figured out uh, a good marketing technique that no longer it, it's a whole long ass thing but anyway basically we got lucky and struck gold and start releasing these videos and then they're all getting like anywhere between like 30 and 90 thousand views on Facebook and then we didn't even promote the YouTube at all that's just like all the views on YouTube are just just from YouTube yeah, well, no, it's just from people seeing the song on Facebook and being like, what song is that? And going to YouTube and looking it up. So that's kind of how that shit got started. What would you consider yourself as far as an artist? Would you, like, what category would you put yourself in? Would you put yourself I'm a gangster in? rapper. And that's where you put yourself yeah. in? Yeah. Okay. And do you see Drake that way? Is Drake one of your favorite <laughs> artists? Uh, yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite artists. No, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not, uh... I'm just like, I don't really know. Like, it just depends what, how I wake up that day. You know what I mean? Like, I like to play guitar a lot lately. I've been trying to experiment with that more. And uh, Are you self-taught? Yeah, yeah. Well, my, like I said, my dad played, so she, he he showed me a couple basics and stuff. And uh, and then I just kind of took off from there. But uh, I can't read music or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so it just depends how I wake up that day. I will just... But if I got to classify it, I will just say hip-hop artist. You know what I mean? I don't know. I can't really get any more, like, there's no, like, niche that I feel like I fit into perfectly. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, yeah, just hip-hop. Instruments. Are there... This will be a short conversation. It's pretty much just <laughs> guitar. But, no, I mean, since I started producing this shit, I play a little bit of piano and stuff. But, uh... I had a drum set, like a cheap little like $100 Walmart drum set when I was a uh, kid, uh -huh. and I played that sometimes, but uh, I never got, I can like keep a normal beat, but I can't get too crazy with it. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a musician because you know how to make beats? Yeah, you fuck can yeah. If, 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 even I don't care if you don't make it. I don't care if you don't play any instrument. If you can't play any keys, if you can hop on that computer and make a dope ass beat from scratch, you're a musician for sure. Literally, for sure. Yeah, he's yeah, for sure. I like that answer because I haven't heard anyone on the internet say anything about that. As far as people like, oh yeah, I just make beats, and I'm like, dude, you're technically yeah, dude. You you you're a musician. Yeah, for because sure. Because you have to hear it and everything and. You know, people have beat patterns, and yeah. people write that out. Most definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, te technically, if you're making beats on a table with a pencil, you're a musician. You know what I mean? Like, the only thing, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, you can't let people tell you that you're not a musician if you make music. Like, that just, that sounds ridiculous. Fish. It really does. This shit look dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about your albums. Okay. Um, which one is your favorite? Tendencies. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It just like it means a lot to me because it's like that's the first out like the first album that I created like as a professional musician, if you want to call it that. But basically, what happened is just like. I quit my job and I was like, fuck this, I'm just gonna make music. And I was like recording people for 30 bucks an hour out of this like super ghetto ass apartment, like probably condemned now. I, I hope nobody lives there, but uh, and it was just like a crazy time in my life and I was broke as fuck, but like I didn't care. I was just making good music and uh, 
Yeah, I don't know, but I like that album a lot, man. Like, it means a lot to me. And then, not only that, but that's the album that I put my mom on and shit that I was telling you about. So, right. it's just, uh, it's definitely the most meaningful, I would say, for sure. Does your fan base know how far you've come? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, the day ones do. You know what I mean? They for sure do. And I think, I, but a lot of times, especially with fans, it's, it's weird because it's like, uh... They think that you're more successful than you are sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I went back to my hometown and and people would see me and shit and they're like, I don't know. They would like, we'd be out at the bar and they'd be like, uh, oh, Gringo could afford it. You know what I, to buy the round. And I'm like, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they think that it's something completely different than what it is. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Yeah, they were expecting me to be driving lambos or something like that i don't know what they were expecting oh i completely understand and can relate because there are a lot of people out there who think that you're on this like this like spaceship mm -hmm. you yeah go, you're you can go anywhere you're untouchable yeah 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 it's like that um and it's not you know mm -hmm. but it takes i heard one time steve harvey said something about it takes a lot of time to make a lot of money yeah yeah that's a that's a good he's got a lot of good quotes actually he i want to get his book Oh, he has a book out? Yeah, he has a book. And somebody was just quoting it the other day on Twitter, and they were telling me I need to read it. So I want to check that out. Oh, no, you'd be, like, heavily, heavily inspired. For sure. I think a lot of people in the industry can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, not so much, like, people who work, like, a 9 to 5, mm -hmm. but people who you have to work every single day, every single thing that you do. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you know this, that yeah. everything you do every single day pertains to your career facts yeah yeah literally everything like and i tell artists that come to the studio here that all the time because well number one they think like oh dang it's 50 dollars an hour at the studio he must be making bank but they don't realize like i might have to sit here for 60 70 hours a week in order to get 30 paying hours in you know what i'm saying but it's like you have to be there because if you're not there when they need you to be there then you know what I, you might miss out on that money but at the beginning of things when you're building it's just so important to like you said you're always working if you go out to if you go out for dinner and you meet somebody while you're out at dinner like you don't know who that is you don't know what type of connection that could be you know what i mean right. so i definitely agree with that work ethic where where do you find the motivation for your work ethic uh i'm kind of just like figuring it out now and that's just like just do shit that makes sense and then it, you don't get quite as drained out you know what i mean like uh like if if, if your goal is to make money then just do the shit that makes money like whatever you're doing that makes money do that harder you know like so many right. people are like artists will start to get a little buzz and then they're like well i gotta go on this tour now and then you end up wasting your time on a tour and there's 20 or 30 people on every show and you're just like you, it burns you out you don't even want to grind no more because you just grinded you did a whole fucking tour spent all this money did all that for nothing you know what i mean whereas if you would have just kept doing whatever you were doing if you're popping on youtube keep dropping to youtube just keep building that up and building that up and like when when people are ready to pay you for a show or something they'll hit you up you know what i mean like or or when when you have enough fan, enough of a fan base that you can book your own show and it'll be successful, you'll know. You know what I mean? Because people will be hitting you up. Like, when are you having a show? That's when you book the show. You know, too many people just try to force things. And I think that that makes it, it, it makes it very hard to keep going. It burns you out. You know what right. I mean? So Right. Do you feel like you've taken a good path as far as your career and understanding what to invest in and what not to invest in? Uh, I mean, kind of, like, uh, 
I think that I'm, I think that I'm on, I think that shit's on track the most that it's ever been, like, right now, like, specifically these last few months, and, and, uh, but I think that I made a lot of dumbass mistakes, just like anybody else, I've wasted a lot of time, like, you know, like, there, I was, I was 17 thinking that I was gonna get famous by messaging a thousand people a day on Instagram, you know what I mean, like, what? yeah, well, yeah, just like, I think that, you know, like, when you're an artist and you're young like that, because I didn't have any money either, so it's like, right. paying for promotion wasn't an option, so I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna spam people all day, it doesn't work, you know what I mean, like, you're not gonna get anywhere like that, you might, <laughs> you might get a couple fans a month, but is it really worth them hours of sending your music out, so it's like, I'm, I'm, the older I get and the more mature I get, the more I'm learning like there's a there's a right way to do things and the right way usually requires way less effort you know what I mean right. so so I'm just I'm learning still but like whatever you know I don't know I don't know if I've made I feel like I've made a lot of wrong choices and a lot of right ones and I'm just learning you know what I mean do people know your age yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm 25 for anybody okay, that doesn't 25. know. But oh. I think I think most people know. When I was younger, people used to argue about my age. I was it was never like a secret or nothing like that, but I was just like uh I remember like there's there's YouTube videos I got of when I was like 18 or 19 and people are like uh He's 16, he goes to school with my brother, and then people are arguing with them, like, no, he's 28, blah, 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 <laughs> like, and, like, nobody had any fucking idea, but, yeah. <laughs> Right. So your fan base, what do you share with them? Are you someone who's like, I just share everything and whatever, or you're like, I know that this is going somewhere, yeah. so I do need to keep things to myself? Okay. Uh, I do try to keep some things to myself, just because it's like... Not, like, expect, like, people, like, certain friends or, like, relationships or stuff like that because it's, like, not because I, like, I want to share it with my fans, but there's no, like, if you go to post something on Twitter or Instagram, there's no, uh, only send to real fans of mine. It's, like, it's gonna go to everybody, and so it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, I deal with a lot of bullshit because I have somewhat of a following and because of what I do, and it's like, I just don't want other people getting involved in that because of me, you know what I mean? Because right. it's like, I grew up like this, like, I've had a fan base since I was, like, in high school and been doing shows and this and that, getting paid at least sometimes since high school for this shit, so it's like, I'm used to it and I know that, I know not to take it personal, you know what I mean? But, like, not everybody else you know, understands that, like, some people just really take that shit, like, I got hood-ass homies that it's like, I can't bring them to shit like that, because they'll take some shit way too personal, you know, like, the smallest, somebody will step on their shoes, and now it's a problem, and then it's like, you know what I mean, like, it's not even worth it. Right. How long do you want to do this for? Shit. Forever as long as yeah, you know, like, because I don't even know what this is, like, that's what I was saying about doing what comes naturally, like, last year, uh, I was up in Nebraska, and I was just doing shows to make money and shit, and uh, I did, I don't know, probably like 10 or 12 shows or some shit just around Nebraska, Iowa, um, just like, I don't know, just different cities and stuff, and then uh, this year I come down to Texas, but I don't even want to do a show now, like, so what I was doing for money, and now I'm running a studio and shit, so what I was doing for money a year ago off this is completely different from now, and next month if something else comes up, then shit, it ain't even really gotta be music related, like, I'll be open to something else, but I'm just, uh, <laughs> music is the thing that I'm best at, so it just, right. that's what I'm on right now, you know what I mean? New music. Are you working on new music? I'm always working on new music. And honestly, I guess I'll break it with you, but uh, I don't even know. I'm probably not supposed to say nothing yet, but uh, a guy named Ken Lewis, who is a, he's a multi-platinum 
and Grammy Award winning mixing engineer. He worked on all of the lights for Kanye. He worked on uh, uh, Forest Hill, what is it, 1414 or 20... 2014 Forest Hills Drive for J. Cole. He worked on Good Kid Mad City. He worked on To Pimp a Butterfly for Kendrick. Like, all types of shit. He's gonna be mixing at least a couple of a couple of singles that I have coming up, which is insane. Like, this dude has, I think it's like 98 platinum, different platinum songs that he's been a part of and shit. And wow. he ended up hearing my music because uh, he runs an online audio school and he wants to use uh, some of my music for tutorials to like teach other people how to mix and shit. So wow. yeah, so that I'm really looking forward to that as far as new music goes. And uh, I'm not I'm not working on any albums or anything. I'm just gonna keep giving people singles because it's like every time I make an album, it's like the first song has the most amount of views. The second song has a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less, all the way down. So I'm like. I'm gonna just give them one song at a time. If you know what I mean, because everybody will listen to that first song. So, right. do you think an album though says something? Like it's all a story, right? Do you feel like maybe an album is a part? Yeah. Like a moment of your life. Yeah, you know for sure. Like we were talking about tendencies. Like that project as a whole, like means a lot to me. Um, and I'll make an album still, but I just don't want to release an album uh, until until people want that from me if, if 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 a lot if most of the people out there that i'm trying to reach haven't heard of me before then you don't want a whole album from somebody you've never heard of but you'll check out a song you know what i'm yeah. saying so i just want to keep building that fan base until uh until it's just a little bit bigger before i start dropping full bodied projects again when is your next single coming out I don't even have a release date for it. I wish I did. I'd be lying if I said I did, but uh, I'm gonna. Twenty twenty. Yeah, for it'll it well it'll be it'll be soon for sure. But I'm waiting on like I said that that guy Ken Lewis that I'm gonna be working with. I'm kind of waiting on him, and he's kind of doing us the favor. So I'm not trying to rush him by any means, you know. Right. I'm just I'm just happy to happy to be here, you know. So, uh, but I'm definitely gonna keep dropping on SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, I should have something out on there uh, next week again. Collaboration. Um. Shit, I don't know. Whoever, you, whoever's watching, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be uh, Joe Colin and yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah. Oh my God, Jeremiah! I've actually I've been working with quite a few artists here in the studio that have come through. Actually, do name uh, uh, do name Travesty. I did a song with recently. Uh, did a do did a song with my boy Play the Ruler, uh, called Cavassier. Um. I'm trying to think. I know I did. I did one with Mac Mula. He's been coming in here a lot. Uh, and as far as production goes, I've been producing for a lot of artists too. So there'll be a bunch of stuff with my name attached to it coming out. But uh, um, yeah, no, no planned features right now that I'm planning on dropping myself. So are you real big on credit? What do you mean? Credit I have as horrible far credit. As... No, no. <laughs> no credit as far as like, oh, I wrote that song. Or I made that oh, beat, put um, me in the credits. Are you big on credit? Because I know that there are artists like that that like yeah, credit for everything. I think certain time. I think like on a local level, um, for for a lot of the artists that I work with, it's like you. A lot of the artists that I work with, my fan base is slightly bigger than theirs, so to them it makes sense to credit me because that's more eyes on their shit you know what i mean but i think that if you're i think that you should always give credit but especially if you're a bigger artist and you work with a smaller artist and you put something out you should definitely be giving them credit because you know if that's like if uh 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's an extreme exaggeration, but if Drake used one of my beats and never told nobody that it was my beat, I'd be fucking heated, you know? Like, I could get my money off that and that would be cool, but that's not near as valuable as the recognition and the future work that you could get off that. Right. Because so. you think about it, like, people will look back at that record and think, wow, like... It's, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to think back, like, this person created it. Facts, yeah. And you want that recognition. And even, well, even, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, but, you're uh, Even with, uh, like, bigger producers and stuff, like, uh, I don't want to say any names because I don't know exactly. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or whatever. But a lot of these bigger producers, they're just a big producer will sign five small producers. The five small producers will make beats. That big producer will go tweak one or two things and then pass those beats out to big artists and then get the credit for producing that that song and then to me I'm just like I mean I understand the smaller producers willingly signed into that deal but it's just like man that's just because the wrong people are getting credit you know you hear a song you're like I love that beat who produced it you google it that's not actually the guy that produced it you know right. what I mean so it's kind of fucked up because I'm nervous to talk about it why because like I said, I've I've dealt. I've, yeah. I've actually worked with some people in that aspect. Yeah, it's it's common. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the entertainment industry, it's wild. Um, okay, so how do you deal with shady promoters? Man, fuck, I try not to. You know what I mean? Like anytime that I do, it's an accident. You know what I really? mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like if I know somebody's a shady promoter, I'm not gonna fuck with them. That's what I'm. You know what I mean? But like, uh. Just like, I don't know, people just do some wild ass shit, bro. And for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't want to stereotype or whatever, but like, promoters, y'all got to get your shit together. You know what I mean? Because it's always the fucking promoter. Like, there could be a thousand people involved with something and it's going to be the promoter that fucked it up. You know what I mean? Like, which I get because there's a lot of great promoters and they don't get the credit that they deserve either. When you go to a concert and it goes on flawlessly and you have a great time, nobody ever goes and thanks the promoter. So those dudes deserve a lot more credit. But more often than not, man, the promoter's fucking up the show. You know what I mean? Or just fucking up the vibe or something, man. I, I just have a lot of bad experiences. You know well, what I mean? Well, who did you wrong? <laughs> Uh, well, a lot of people? Not really. It's just two people, but it was back to back, right? So, well, not exactly back. Okay, so I did a show. I, I headlined a show here at Warehouse Live in Houston, and uh, it was the middle room at Warehouse Live, the studio room. So, to me, it was a big deal. You know, my first headlining show in Houston like that. And then uh, these two rat ass dudes named Kelby Dishman and John Link, they fucking. Kelby hit me up, and he had been like. I mean, I don't want to put all this business out there, but he had been going through some things in the past, like with drugs and shit like that. And I told I told him I didn't want to work with him if he was on Wait, drugs and I shit. Wait, I know. You're talking about Miklo? Yeah, yeah, Miklo, yeah. So, oh, okay. so he hits me up and he's like, uh, man, I've been clean. I'm working for some company selling shit door to door. I want to book you a show down here in Houston. Mind you, I'm in Nebraska at the time. Right. And I believed him, though, you know, because he sounded like he was doing good and shit. So I was like, cool, we can do that. So, uh, we have this show, and I come all the way down from Nebraska for it and shit, and, uh, I had these openers named New Trill, which, shout out to New Trill, they don't fuck with me, you gonna find out why, but they're still good dudes, and shout out to them, but, uh, so they sold, like, 
a lot of tickets. I don't know how many it was, but it was over 50 pre-sale tickets to open for me and shit. And they were supposed to receive 50% of that income, right? And then so we do the show. For some reason, they turned in all of their ticket money. Instead of just turning in the half that they owed, they turned in all of the ticket money because Miklo told them, oh, uh, you got to turn it all in and then we'll pay you. And I don't know why he told them that, but he did. So Miklo paid all of the other openers like he handled the money with them he you know what i'm saying and uh except for them and then when they came looking for their money he told them that i had their money which i didn't i didn't even have all of my money they never released the info uh of like the bar sales they never released the info of how many actual tickets came through the door i never saw any official info i saw a piece of paper with handwritten numbers on it and uh i sat there and because after the show miklo's like let's go handle the money tomorrow let's go celebrate tonight and i'm like nah bro like you staying with me he stayed in my car i wouldn't let him out of my car and shit because i'm like you're not running off with this money like get john to link up with us and let's count this money out and shit so i link up with them and uh uh it was just fucking sketch as fuck. And then they sit there and argue with me. They're like, we owe you this much. They tried to only give me like two, three hundred dollars or some shit. And eventually I talked my way up to like seven hundred, which I don't even, I'm probably owed more than that. But at that point, I was just happy to get some money and get the fuck out of there, you know? So I finally get that money and I leave. And then the next morning, I start getting calls from New Trill saying, oh, we haven't gotten our money. Kelby said, you're supposed to pay us, blah, blah, blah. It's your fault. I'm like, Bro, Kelby fucking paid everybody else. Like, every other opener Kelby handled. I had to fucking fight to get my money from him. And then, uh... And then they're like, blah, 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 this and that. So then I go to fucking Kelby Dishman's house, which I could get you this video, too, if you really wanted, if you really want some fucking content for people. Neutral's money. What happened with Neutral's money is... Neutral gave me $200 the night of, which defined their percentage, which is why they didn't get paid beforehand like the other guys, because they had decided they weren't going to sell any more tickets. At the end of the night, we were counting out money. Um, we got down to the split, and it could have slipped my mind and your mind and John's mind that we hadn't paid that out. So once the money was paid out... Hold on, it wasn't my, it wasn't my responsibility, so it didn't slip my mind because it wasn't on my mind in the first place. I wasn't supposed Agreed. to pay them. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. But the, the money to pay them still came out of your money. And John's money. Right. So I paid them personally out of my own pocket. And then I did as well. Right. Okay. So I, I sent the so money as well. We both. I, then I covered John's part of this. And so did you. With my 125. And then you covered your 125. So we still made it right in the end. I'm sorry that this happened. This isn't how I conduct business. But hold on. Hold on. Was I made aware that New Trail was being fucked over when I walked out with $589? If it had slipped our minds, then no, you weren't, you weren't aware. Okay. Thank you. But I went to his house after this and... This uh, is Kelby's? Yeah, Kelby's okay. apartment, yeah. I went to Kelby's apartment and sat him down in front of my phone. And it was just me and my girl with me. Or it was my girl with me. It wasn't like I was with like 10 dudes or nothing. It was just me and my girl. I sit him down and I videotape him. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to Neutral's money, basically? Like, explain to people because I'm tired of going back and forth. And they're saying, you said this. And I said, so I'm sitting in front of him. And he explains, oh, yeah, we fucked up with the money. That was our bad. And this and that. And this and that. And then before I leave, there's an $800 check from John Link sitting on his fucking counter. But they're sitting there telling Neutral that they lost money and they don't have any money and this and that well how the fuck is this dude writing you an $800 check you know what I'm saying like so the whole thing was shady so that left a bad taste in my mouth and fuck that guy if you're in Houston don't fuck with him
And then the second situation, I ain't even gonna say the dude's name, but it was up in Omaha, and it wasn't nearly as serious of a situation, but it was enough to just leave a bad taste in my mouth that I was just like, you know what, like, fuck this, you know? And, right. and that's when I made the decision, like, the next time I do a show, I'm gonna book that hoe, I'm gonna decide who does what, or if anybody's gonna help me, it's gonna be Chris or some shit, you know, somebody that I trust, and uh, that's just how it's gonna be, you know what I mean? Like, and and I don't wanna do that until I can sell somewhere, some, sell somewhere else out, you know what I mean? Until I can book Warehouse Live and put 600 people in there or something like that, so. Right. Until then, it ain't worth the headache, man. Damn, no, it's wild because I've actually dealt with them. Yeah. On the sideline, and let me tell you, it wasn't, um, I can't say much because also like I understand. he works with I understand. Really cool. Yeah. Um, but I mean, god damn. Was that like your last um That was my last show in Houston. Okay. Was that the last time you worked with him? Oh fuck yeah. That would be the last time I ever worked with him. And how long ago was that? Uh it was the first May May of twenty eighteen. No, see, here's the thing is I knew him like years ago. Like, uh, before he was even Miklo, he was just fucking, I don't remember if he had a nickname or whatever, but, uh, he was in the EDM scene, and he pretty much got ran out the fucking EDM scene because he fucked everybody over, got slapped in public by, uh, who the fuck is that dude? I forgot, he's some, he's some big-ass dude that used to work at East Down Warehouse, because I noticed something was fucked up because I went to East Down Warehouse one time, uh, now it's Houston Underground, it used to be called East Down Warehouse, mm -hmm. and I went in there one time, and I was cool with the owner, the owner had seen me perform and put me on a Paul Wall show there and a bunch of other, he was, he showed me a lot of love, his name was Adam, and, uh, he went to introduce me to his friend, he's like, I got this guy I want you to meet, it's the dude that slapped the shit out of him, but I can't remember, it's the dude that slapped Kelby, but I can't remember his name now. Was it over money? Something Dean, I think. But no, it was because Kelby was running his mouth and, but he, but he had already fucked so many people over. That's what I'm saying. Like he would tell me, oh, come to this show and you'll get $150 and I'd show up and there'd be no money there. Or he'd be like, come here and you can open for this artist. And then I'd show, he booked me to fucking host a EDM show with a Spag Hetty on Spag Hetty's first tour. And then I'd show all the way up to the show, been promoting this show, like trying to sell tickets to this show and shit. And then Spag Hetty's like, uh, no, I don't, I, I can't have a host during my show. Like, I host my own shit. And, like, it's just always little shit like that. It's like, why'd you lie to me and tell me to do all this shit? And then knowing I'm going to come here and not be able to host it or knowing I'm going to show up and not get paid, like, why even do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I stopped fucking with him in the first place. But he, I also knew he was tweaking and shit. So I was like, you know, like, that's probably why. He's just out of his mind or some shit. And then when he called me when I was in Nebraska, he said he was sober and shit. And I always thought, like, yo, if this kid got sober, he's got a lot of fucking potential. He's got a good mouthpiece, you know what I mean? If he don't fuck people over, he'll be good, you know? And then so he called me, said that he was sober and all this and that and this and that. And so I believed him. That was my mistake, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't down here. And then, uh... Yeah, so then that's how I reconnected with him. Because I already said fuck Kelby Dishman before that because I was tired of fucking showing up to shit, not getting paid, showing up to shit, not being able to perform, whatever the fucking case is. Right. And so I'd already said fucking once. That's wild because you're not... I mean, I have my own experience with him and you're not the first person to tell me that you've had this experience Oh, a lot of people have. Dude named Dank Sinatra out in Austin. Uh, he's a dope-ass artist. Y'all check him out too. But uh, he created a group called uh, Grunge... Something grunge, it was just called grunge, I think. Grunge rap or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. But Dank created it 
And then I didn't know that Dank created it this whole time, but when I was doing that show in Houston, the whole time we were booking it, Kelby's like, yeah, you got to be a part of this grunge rap group, group that I'm building, this and that and this and that. And then like six months later, I see a post from Dank and he's like, oh yeah, he stole, uh, this dude Kelby stole grunge rap from me and this and that and this. And I'm just like, that dude's just what? a fuckboy, man. Like, What do you? What do they mean by that he stole it? Like he like, like signed it? And like, like he basically like, so Dank Sinatra had this group, this whole concept, this whole like aesthetic called grunge rap, and he was like making a group with it. And Cubby just like made his own group called Grunge Rap. Used the same logo. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know all the details. You'd have to ask Dank, but like he stole it. And as soon as I saw the post, I instantly believed Dank because I just know the type of person Homeboy is. You know what I mean, like. Uh, you know who Johnny Dang is, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so how do you feel about Johnny Dang Johnny... working with the most shadiest person in the See, industry? See, I don't, I don't know how that ended up happening, but, like, I do know that some people are willing to do literally anything to get into a position like that, and, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that Johnny, I think that, you know what I mean? There's, there's pieces of shit among us everywhere, and some of them have great jobs, and some of them have, you know what I mean? So... Like, whatever, like, one day he'll see, or he won't, or maybe, maybe Kelby will never fuck him over because he knows that that's the hand that feeds him, but I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever their deal is, I don't care, man, I think, you know what I mean, I don't know, I, like, I fuck with Johnny, uh, Paul Wall, I actually helped him book his first date on his last tour, uh, up in Omaha, cause wow. a buddy of mine booked that whole tour and hit me up for an Omaha date, so I lined that up for him, but, Wow. So like I I I fuck with Paul, I fuck with Johnny, you yeah. know what I mean? They're cool, but uh there's just one dude that works for them that I don't like. It's nothing against them, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, just cuz he did just because everyone else's experience with him is one thing doesn't mean Johnny will have the same experience. Um I remember when <laughs> the whole situation was going down with another artist in Kelby. Mhm. Mm I just like I don't know. I was just like, what the hell? When I saw that he was like doing stuff with Johnny, I was like, yeah, everybody kind of was because everybody because that I told you I pulled up to his crib and I took that video of him and he's like, did you post it? I didn't post it. My friend Trevin did. I'm gonna get you that video so you can include that. But the whole video because he's trying to like backpedal. He's like, <clears throat> he's like. Oh yeah, we both must have forgot to pay new trail and I'm like, no, 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 no. It wasn't my job to pay new trail. So how did I forget? He's like, oh yeah, you're right. It may have slipped my mind. And I'm just like, he's just like backpedaling the whole time. But like, I've heard of so many artists that had the same type of problem and it's just like, fuck them.